I had an old Pontiac Grand Prix car. <laughs> and I was driving around a loop getting on the highway to go home. <clears throat> and, and I was overcome with emotion. <laughs> but that emotion doesn't last till 2023. I was overcome with emotion and I prayed and I said, God, help me to never stop doing this. This is the most joy I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and uh, it's still that way when, when I do it. <laughs> but, but I don't survive on that. We're going to read a verse here. It, you should know, most of you know the verse. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And that vision does, is not born out of that emotion. That, that vision brings forth some fruit, then that emotion comes. But of course, like Brother Lee's kind of intimated earlier this week, we live in a day in, in, in so-called Christianity where the emotion is the tantamount top-shelf top thing. The, emo, the way I feel, well, you're not very important. Amen? Did you know that? One day you're going to go to work, and you're going to come home, and you're going to pass away, and you know what's going to happen at your job the next day? The same thing that happened before you died. The world will go on. Said, You're looking at me like, what? I know no other church in Potch says that. They all say it's all about you. Amen? And your emotions and how you feel. And it's not. It's about Christ. And the first night we heard a great stirring explanation of what it's all about. About the gospel and about Christ died. And as Brother Lee said, we're not going to say anything new to you. We're going to try to stir up what you already know. Because if there's a problem in our Bible-believing churches, it's not knowledge, it's, it's hardness of heart. Where we know it, and we don't do it. So I'm going to talk to you today about how to maintain the vision over a long period of time. Because some of you, are, you've, you've been saved recently, and you're starting to grow, and you're starting to get the vision. You don't quite have the vision yet that, whoa, they are going to go to hell, aren't they? They are. If, if the Lord Jesus Christ told the truth, he said the lost will go to hell. If he told the truth, that's what's going to happen. But boy, it's hard to see the vision, you know, when you're so concentrated on rugby, amen? It is, isn't it? Well, I know, I know. I, I know, but the problem is a thousand years from tonight, it won't matter who won the rugby game. It won't matter. What will matter is, did you have the vision? So some of you, let me go back. Some of you, you do, you're, you're starting to get the vision. Maybe you don't have it. Maybe some of you have never had the vision yet of, of the cross. I remember when I was probably about 20 years old, and I heard a man named David Winston preach on the cross, and he took his belt off, you know, and he whipped the pulpit. And I sat about where Brother Abel's sitting, and I wept. But I don't weep ever. I didn't weep Friday night when I heard that. I didn't get that feeling. You, the feeling is the result, but the vision. Come to Habakkuk chapter 2. A little harder to find than Proverbs. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. In Bimba, we call it Habakkuki. That, Habakkuki. That has nothing to do with a cookie. Habakkuki. Habakkuki. But it always reminds me of it. Habakkuki. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables. It's, it's a written thing that he may run that readeth it. You're, you're ever at work and you have an idea or, or you're, you're brainstorming something and the, and the boss says, run with that. That's where it comes from. <laughs> it comes from right there. You, the Lord said, I'm going to give you a vision. It's going to be plain and written down. You run with it. Yesterday, Brother Lee said, 
How do you do this? You do it, it's the word. The way we do what we're talking about in this missions conference is we take the word and we run with it. That's what we're supposed to be doing. What is the vision? The vision is to, to look forward and say, I have a neighbor, I have a friend, I have a coworker, I have a family member, and if I don't say something, they'll be lost. And they'll stand at the judgment and, and no covering for their sin. Their sins produced, and the Lord say, how will you pay? And the man says, I have no payment. Then you have to pay a loan. Do you, do you have the vision of that? What is the vision? Is the vision that I'm going to the judgment seat of Christ, and I don't want to be ashamed. I've been ashamed many times in my life. Actually, regularly. Regularly ashamed, amen. I know my wife's ashamed of me more regularly probably than I am. Because of that mouth, amen. I hope if you're like me and you have that mouth that sometimes you use it for good. To be a faithful witness. Are you trying to lay up treasures? Do you have the vision to say, one day, I'm... The Lord is going to put a crown and say, well done. Or do you just say, no, I've got to work. I've got to make money. I've got to do this. I got to... And, the, and the world just rolls away from you. you know, I tell my wife all the time, that's another day. That's another week. That's another year. Where does it go? <laughs> do you redeem the time or does it just go? <laughs> what vision? The vision of heaven? The vision of hell? The vision of the cross? That was good Friday night. If you came Friday night. The vision of the cross and that He is worthy. <laughs> That you walk in a way that's pleasing. Now I'm going to try to say these things quickly. Number one, the vision is easy to lose. It's hard to get. And I still not have, I've still not gotten through the three things I want to get to. Some of you maybe don't have the vision yet. Some of you have the vision now. Some of you have had the vision and lost it. Or if you're like me, you've had the vision many, 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 many times and lost it many, 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 many times. And had to get it back. Or had to try to maintain it. Because now I'm old. I'm not 17 anymore. <laughs> and, and when I was young, there were some things that I can go on. But now that you're old, there's only one thing you can go on. And that is your personal devotional walk with Christ. That's the only way to maintain the vision. But it is easy to lose the vision. Come to 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to talk about three things, hopefully very quickly, that cause you to lose the vision. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And first I'm going to say, the vision is easily lost through distraction. The devil is a master of, look over here, smoke and mirrors. Don't look over here. He's a master of distraction. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. And as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Verse 4. Neither give heed to fables, and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. It's, I know so many guys who have been distracted with fables, endless genealogies. I, I have a friend. He went to Bible school with me. He graduated Bible school with me. He was one of the best soul winners I ever knew. I love to go soul winning with him. He was, he was so great at presenting the gospel He's no longer a missionary now. Now he argues on the internet with people about the earth being flat. Isn't that great? No. <laughs> it's terrible. He had the vision. But he got caught up in some, I'll tell you in a minute, some other doctrine. He got caught up in fables and endless genealogies. I, I said, 
I said, brother, I said, you know, like these pictures they have of the earth where they go out from the earth and the earth is round. He said, all those photos are a conspiracy. The earth doesn't look like that. And I said, well, when you look up at the moon, well, it could be flat like this, you know, when you just see it like that. I went, okay, all right. What in the world happened? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened. It was the personal devotional walk with Christ that went. Because I'll tell you, if you're not faithful to church, I'll tell you, you don't read the Bible. Because the easiest thing to do is go to church. And if you don't go to church faithfully, I'll guarantee you, you don't pray. You do not witness regularly. You don't. Because the easiest thing is just come to church and sit there, you know, and veg out. That's the easiest part of the Christian life. I know some of you are looking at me that way. I love you. That's why I said it, amen. You know what Paul said here at the end of verse... For he said, stick to this, stick to godly edifying, which is in faith. And if you'll sit down with the Bible every day, it doesn't have to be really long. It has to be really real. <laughs> you just, if you only have 10 minutes, make it a real 10 minutes. If you only have 10 minutes to pray, pray for real. Don't pray, you know, like we were talking about last night, you know, these empty prayers. Don't pray like that. Don't pray out of a book, you know, read a prayer. Don't do that. So Paul said, stick to this. Stick to things that godly edify you like some good preaching. Not that stuff you watch on YouTube. Amen. Don't... Yeah. Amen. That was good. Amen. That's going to lead you to fables and endless genealogies. And you'll be gone. And you say, where was he? I don't know. He's gone. He's gone. In other words, Paul said, stick to what you know. Brother Lee has said, we're not teaching you something new. Something new. We're teaching you what you know to be stirred up. So as they say, stick to what you know. You know where that came from? <laughs> that came from the book. <laughs> stick to what you know. But what if the earth really is flat? It doesn't matter. They, they can go to hell from the flat earth or the round one. It doesn't matter. Does it? If Christ died on a flat earth or a round earth, it does not matter. Why is he on that? Why, why would you think about that? I mean, he approached me with that and I said, what is it? Who, who cares? You know, a thousand years from now, I was right. The earth was flat. I don't think you get rewarded for that, brother. I, don't, I really don't. I don't think you do. He got distracted. He lost the vision. Then people get distracted. Oh, man, here we go. I'll be very short on this by politics. Oh, I know it's important. I know it's important. And you've got to die for it, amen? My party's right and your party's wrong. You've got to die for it. No, you don't. You've you got you to go, eh. I, I love what Brother Maurice said the other day. All same group, eh? You act like they're fighting, but they're all the same group. Gonna, they are. They're going to lead you. They, we're on this side and we're on that side. No, they're not. They're all leading you to the government of the Antichrist, amen? That's who gets the world, eh? That's who gets the world for seven years. The devil gets it. So cast your vote for the devil, amen? I'll cast mine for Jesus. That's it. Amen. That's good. That's really good. Uh, I was talking to a brother one time, Memphis, Tennessee, after church. And he said, you know, I would love to spend more time with my children, take my sons hunting and fishing. But I've got to keep up with politics and save this country and find out what's going on in the country. And I thought, what you, you mean by scrolling, you're going to save the country? I'm going to read this article, then I'm going to read that article, then I'm going to know this, then I'm going to know that, and you're going to save the country. I told him, I said, look, brother, take them hunting and fishing and forget about the rest. He, he didn't. He didn't. That church we were in, he tried to split over politics. You know why? No walk with Christ. You don't end up going that way if you're going that way with Christ. 
Amen. You don't get distracted like that. Go up, go up on, in Luke chapter 4 with the devil to that high place where the devil tells Christ, these kingdoms are loaned out to me. Okay, I know I'm paraphrasing. Amen. These kingdoms, thank you. These kingdoms, these kingdoms are mine and I give them to whosoever I will. That's why I said you vote for the devil. Amen. Because the devil said I put them in. I know, I know some of you are looking at me like this. And I'm looking at you like this. Because that's what Luke 4 says. Go and think about it for 20 years. Come back and we'll talk about it. Amen? I'm serious. Amen. You know what it means? It means you're wasting your time. That's the point. If you concentrate on what Brother Lee talked about Friday night, you will not waste your time. You will never waste your time on the cross or on the lost. That's why we have this meeting. You will lose the vision. Many are easily distracted, Paul said here at the end of verse 3, by some other doctrine. They get corrupted by doctrine. That very guy I was telling you about, that I, I'm telling you, we were bosom brothers. We loved each other. That same guy got over to the Middle East as a missionary, and he started hanging around some people. They were so spiritual. They worshipped on Saturday. They were in the Hebrew Roots cult movement. And he's in it now. He went to school with me. What happened? The personal devotional life was gone. And he got distracted by some wrong doctrine that there's a whole book in the Bible called Galatians about. And how did he miss it? How, how did he miss it? It's a whole book. How did he, Now when you talk, I thought he was a Seventh-day Adventist. I said, are you a Seventh-day Adventist? No! Well, you believe the same thing. Why are you so irritated? It's the same thing. And they're both cults. You're welcome. Amen. Most of the people are taken away by this doctrine, the doctrine of, it's all about me, as I said. It's about my feelings. And in, in Zambia, I, I, was, I was having lunch with a man I've known for years. He sold me car insurance when I first came to Zambia in 1998. And we sat down at the table and he said, my pastor at Bread of Life. Do you have Bread of Life here? Ah, oh, too bad. My pastor at Bread of Life Pentecostal, he said, he is my mentor. He's my mentor. He's discipled me in the things of God every time he meets me. He says, Leonard, have you bought a plot? Are you developing that plot so you can get some flats and make some money? I sat there and thought, that's a spiritual leader in 2023. That's a mentor trying to get you some retirement. I wonder, I wonder if he has a retirement plan for after you're dead. We're trying to give you the retirement plan for after you're dead, where the Lord puts the crown on you and then you get to throw it back to Him and say, He is worthy. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> now, I'd, the vision's easily lost just through downward movement. You don't have to do anything. Just through that downward motion. We're not going to read it, but in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 and 2, it says, In the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selfies. I cannot... Men! Men! Grown men going. What happened? Men. What in the world happened? That's not a man, brother. I saw a boy the other day. I was, I was exercising at Planet Fitness. He was, he was about this big. And, he, and I could, you know, he's a chubby boy. And he was standing in the mirror. And, and, and I said, don't start now with that man. I said, if you start with that now, you don't know where you're going to end up. Why are you looking at me that? Some of you are looking at me like, that's bad. That's a good thing to tell a young man, hey? Don't be standing in the mirror. Don't be doing that. Some of you are looking like you shouldn't. Yeah, you should not do that, amen? You should not love yourself that much. 
Amen? To see, you know, if you have that thing in your arm, they go, yeah. That ain't important. You are distracted. Amen? You are distracted. <laughs> but, yeah. The second law of thermodynamics. Now, now, now we're getting scientific. The second law of thermodynamics is what? Everything runs down. You don't buy a used car and it gets better. You don't. You don't. I bought a house built in 1938. And you know what I had to do? I had to inject a lot of things <laughs> to bring it up to where my wife would live in it. Yeah. Everything just runs down. Do you think your vision's not going to? You have to inject an outside influence. You, you have to regularly. No, no more than you would stop eating and drinking and breathing and bathing. I hope. Amen. It says in Isaiah 51, 6, I don't know. I, I cannot believe how many verses from around Isaiah 50 to 55 in this conference. But I had this already. Amen. Isaiah 51, 6, it says, The earth's going to get old and run down, but it says it does not affect salvation and righteousness. It doesn't. Now, I'm going to tell you quickly. Come back to Isaiah. We're going to, I'm going to give you very quickly. How can you maintain the vision if you have it? And furthermore, if you don't have the vision yet, this is, this is the key anyway. You get alone with the Lord. You have a personal devotional walk with the Lord. And the vision is born out of that time alone with God. That's how I got the vision. I remember being 15, 16, 17. I got saved in 1984. But people were telling me, you have to read the Bible, you have to pray. So I would, I would get alone in my room. I would read the Bible. I would pray. I remember I ordered a little box of tracks about this big. And I would pray over that box of tracks and I would say, Oh God, it would be so nice if I could not only give out tracks, but if I could give them out like around the world. And, and like in another language with men of other tongues. I was 15, 16 praying like that. I wasn't praying, Here am I, Lord, send me. I was just having a personal devotional walk and that was born out of that. Now, come to Isaiah 41.1. I'm going to say, if you want to maintain the vision, you have to renew your strength just like every day you renew things. You know, like there were some ladies, they woke up this morning, they got in front of the mirror, and they, you know, things looked older, but they tried to make them look newer. Are you following me? We, we men don't really do that. We just wake up and we're just, that's it. That's as good, that's as, good as you're going to get the whole day. Amen. But, but you're always trying, but there are other things we do to keep things renewed, like breakfast. Amen. Breakfast renews me. I, 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 you know, if I go out to eat and I eat a meal, I'll tell the guy, thank you, I'm much better now. Because before this, I was, mm, I did not want to go out in traffic. Isaiah 41.1. <laughs> Keep silence before me, O islands, and let the people renew their strength. How? <laughs> let them come near. Then let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. It says, you renew your strength. How do you come near to the Lord. You know what it makes you want to do? It says, then let them speak. If you, if you walk with the Lord and you get close and you get that vision, you say, like Jeremiah, that thing was in me and I had to, I had to get it out. I, I, would, I would pace around that bedroom when I was 15, 16 in those devotions and I would start preaching in that room and I would think, oh, that's good. That's good. It wasn't. It wasn't good, but, but I would pace around that room and it would just, just have to come out. It would come in to the heart 
and it would have to come out. What happens? You renew your strength and the vision becomes clear. Everyone knows the verse right above this verse. Look at one verse above. This is written on everything. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And I'll tell you, in 25 years in Zambia, I've gotten very weary at times. My pastor that I grew up under, his name was Charles Troll. My pastor used to always say, I quit the ministry every Monday. (laughs) I, I remember as a young man sitting there and thinking, what a wimp, what a lightweight. I don't think that anymore. He, he would say, I quit every Monday, but by Friday, you know, after reading my Bible and studying, by Friday, I'm ready to go again. And I would sit there as a young person and think, that doesn't sound good. You shouldn't say that. But you get weary. You, you still get weary. But to renew your strength, this verse says, you wait on the Lord. A devotional walk with Christ is waiting on the Lord. Because you wait on someone two ways. One way you wait is as a server where you come and say, may I help you, Lord? What, what can I do for you, Lord? Lord, is there anything you'd like? I, I remember I resigned as a missionary in 2014 for a couple of years, but I heard some preaching. I came down to the altar in the USA, and I said, Lord, I just, I just want to show you that I love you this week. What can I do? And I'll tell you, the answer came in quick, and it hurt. Amen. It wasn't easy. <laughs> It was a cross. (laughs) The Christian life is a cross, not a warm, fuzzy, good feeling, you know, where you, yeah, yeah, this music's good. I don't know where that came from, but it didn't come from the Bible. You wait on the Lord as a server. What is the server? If If he's a good server, he listens well. I hate it when I say crispy bacon and it comes back and it's just, I can't even, it just looks like a bunch of fat. I just, I hate that. Don't you hate it when you tell the server something and he just does the opposite? Is that the kind of server you are? Lord, what would you have me to do? Well, I would have you to do this. No thanks, Lord. Amen. It's the World Cup, Lord. Amen. I said it. Yep, amen. <laughs> or you can wait on someone by literally waiting. Just, just read, the th- read the Bible and then wait. Pray and wait. I know, like I said, if you don't have time, then wait five minutes. You don't have to wait long. But through patient waiting in walking with Christ, strength is renewed and the vision becomes clear. And you say, okay, now I see what the preacher's talking about. Now I see what the Word's talking about. You can no more stop that devotional life and maintain the vision and where you ought to be than the man who stops eating or, or stops moving altogether. I had a good friend of mine, I'd known him 20 years, and he fell down a couple of flights of steps there in Zambia. He was my, he's my next door neighbor. Thank God when I bought a house, I bought a house next to a friend of mine. He was my next door neighbor, his name was uh, Mr. Kachamba. And Mr. Kachamba, he, he'd broken one leg and had messed up the tendons in the other, so he had a plaster on one leg and the other leg he couldn't use. We were like trying to put him in my pickup and take him to x-rays and MRIs and everything. But he sat for six weeks. Couldn't, couldn't get around. So you know what happens. The blood stops moving properly, and he got a blood clot and passed away. From what? He, he was a mover and a shaker. I mean, he was a mover. He walked everywhere. He was, he was almost 70 years old, but he was fit. He just stopped moving. 
And you cannot stop your personal devotional life. And, 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 you know, I know you're laughing at the guy about the flat earth, but that's going to be you. Just drawn away with something that everyone's going to say, why does he think that's important? And you won't see it. You won't have the vision to say, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? <laughs> your wife will see it. And your friends will see it. Amen. But you'll say, I just don't get the point. This is so important. My political party, this is so important. <laughs> because you'll lose the vision. It is a discipline to read the Bible and pray every day. And you say, well, I miss a day once in a while. Then read it six days a week. <laughs> and, and when you miss it, when you miss your Bible, skip your food. Amen. <laughs> ah. When you fail in that discipline, you will lose the vision. Because, I don't know who said this, but your walk with the Lord sustains your walk with the Lord. Yeah, I don't know who said that, but it was good. It wasn't me. And your walk with the Lord sustains your vision of eternal things. Now last, Isaiah 64, 7. Isaiah 64, 7. To maintain the vision, it was amazing to me. The preacher said yesterday, you have to get stirred up. <laughs> Isaiah 64, 7. And there is none that calleth upon my name, sorry, and there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee, for thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. It says there is none that calls on the Lord, that stirs up himself to take hold of the Lord. Do you ever do it? <laughs> do you ever get in the room by yourself and, and stir yourself up? <laughs> Because, I, mean, I, I mean, I can stir myself up about football. I can. And, and if the other guy likes another team I really don't like, I can get more stirred up. I can. I mean, I can just get juvenile, childlike, four years old. So can you, amen? Have you ever seen those guys at those sport events that they paint themselves and they, you know, Blowing that vuvuzelo till an asthmatic would have a, an attack. Amen. How do they do that so long? And they, and they get themselves stirred up and they got music and chanting and all these things. And, and you can't just get alone with a Bible and think about the cross and get stirred up about how good the Lord Jesus is. It says, it says there's no man stirring himself up. So Brother Lee said, we're going to have you come here and we're going to try to stir you up. It helps. It helps to put all the coals in the fire together. <laughs> and they get hotter that way. Amen. You can spread them out, but they just don't get very hot. Matter of fact, they immediately get cold and lose the vision. You know, I, for years in Zambia, we, we built things. And we, we mixed the concrete by ourselves by hand with shovels. Amen. And I remember, it's a rhythm, amen. You get, you get that stirring going and you, you know. It's kind, of like, it's kind of like the lady with that big thing of pop stirring that. It's a lot like that. And I tell you, after about four hours of that, I was in pain. Amen. But you know what I know about that cement? Is that cement becomes hard. And when it does, you can't stir it. And if we cannot stir you up this weekend, it might be because you're too hard. Maybe. So I'll give you some advice. Go back to the Bible. Go back to that personal devotional walk with Christ.
And it will help you with the vision. It will help you get stirred up and get a hold of the Lord and say, I, I walked over to Brother Gerald Myers after Brother Lee preached on Friday night, and I said, now I remember why I do this. Because yeah. I, mean, I, I can keep pushing, amen. I can keep pushing when I've lost the vision. I can keep pushing when I don't have the feeling. I can go out soul winning sick, amen. I, I, can, I, I have a backpack that I load when I go soul winning, and I look at that backpack many times and think, how many hundreds of times have I loaded that backpack with tracks and all these? And, and I can keep doing the boring thing and pushing, but it is so much better when you do it with the vision. It's so much better when your personal devotional life is right and your heart is stirred up and you go out. Of course, here, here's how it works. Even if you don't have the vision, as soon as you open the Bible with a guy and I, I carry a picture of Christ on the cross and, and then one of Christ with his hands like this being beaten. And I'm telling you, when I start explaining that, if I wasn't stirred up and didn't have the vision, I get it. As soon as I start talking about it, and I see that person get moved, and I say, you see that stripe? That stripe was for when you lied. And when you see them, and you think, and, and he's standing in the place for me. I'm, I'm telling you, it comes back. Even if you didn't feel like going that day, you feel like it now. And you can go another hour, and another hour. So don't just sit and get hard-hearted, brother. Get in the Word. That is the bedrock foundational thing of what we're doing. If you have that personal devotional walk with Christ, then you'll have the vision. And you'll understand what we're doing here this weekend. And if you're hard, you'll say, I don't. He picked on my rugby. I am not going back there. If you're like that, there's not a lot we can do for you. Amen. We can only help you if you're helpable. Amen. I don't think that's an English word. I just made it up. All right, preacher, you come. Revelation chapter 3. You don't have to find it. Jesus speaking to the church in the Laodicea of the Laodiceans. They tell him, because thou sayest, or he says to them, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. That's what that church said. We're good. Satisfied. We got to figure it out. Here was his assessment of them. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. They'd lost their vision. You know what the advice was? He says, anoint your eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. What a great reminder to have our vision where it needs to be. Let's all stand. Father, thank you for speaking to us. Lord, we look forward to what you'll continue to do this morning. We've already been challenged. I've been stirred. Lord, please just continue to meet with us. Bless the fellowship now and the preaching to follow. In Jesus' name.